0: We're Middle
1: of the Res Road. We're your hosts, Ricky and Alyssa.
2: We're here to share the success stories of people who took the opportunity to join the trades and how these opportunities can be achieved by anyone looking
0: for success.
1: Our work may be seasonal, but our stories don't have to be. Become your own success story. Hey everybody, welcome back to Middle of the Res Road. Today we are in the studio with Joel, Lisa, Charlie, Ricky, and myself. Today we're just going to do a little chit-chat and see what's going on in everybody's, everybody's life and get to know a couple people. Hello, everybody.
2: Might have couple TV stars here pretty soon. <laughs> what are you guys doing this weekend?
3: Um this weekend me and Charlie, well Charlie actually came up with the idea. He saw something on uh Facebook I think it was and it said something about auditions for reservation dogs and he said um as soon as he saw that post he called me and he's like I see us going. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so um And, you know, like, I put a lot of thought and time and – No, you didn't. (coughs) Into it. Well, no, I didn't.
0: No. (laughs) I called him up, and I said, hey, what do you think about going to Oklahoma? He's like, i just seen the same thing. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) So it was literally, like, maybe five seconds of thought. And then I've been
3: thinking about it since. So in in it all, you know, like, everything just – happened just as it should and i talked to babe about it and um and she uh, signed my permission slip so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys like what are you guys auditioning for is it
0: specific roles or
1: you want a lead role you want to be in the background star yeah
0: i don't know whatever whatever <laughs> happens happens yeah so i was thinking about before when i seen it i was like man uh, I don't know. I've done that thing before and done the auditioning thing before and then I thought I'm like, Man, if I went down there It's like a eleven hour trip. I looked it up on Google and then I was like, Man, who would who would go with me? And I'm like, first one that popped in my head, Joel, and I'm like called him up. I'm like, Hey man, do you just wanna see what happens? Because all I thought about was um the shot that you you know, if you if you try if you don't try something you have zero chance and it's already a, it's already a slim chance I already know that I know that the lines gonna be crazy I know a lot of people are gonna be showing up all over the country to do it to check it out and um, all I know is that you know there's, there's no chance if I don't do it so I'd rather have the chance rather to, to tell people like I we drove all the way down to Oklahoma to try it,
1: yeah, and then you don't have those "what if" thoughts in the after aftermath of it.
0: Rather
2: try it, and be told no than to not even try at all.
0: But then the crazy thing is, you know, life life is crazy, and you know, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. True. So, I j- you just never know. I'm pre- I'm pretty excited. I'm, I've never my brother's my brother Spider he's from oklahoma he's choctaw he's trying to get me down to oklahoma all the time i'm supposed to take a trip with him sometime this spring and to check out oklahoma for the first time on my own terms and but, but it would be on my own terms going with him but um i just you know check out oklahoma and when we're and then when i'm driving down there with my brother i'm like i remember this nine and he's like how do you know that <laughs> <laughs> How do you know but his maybe his wife's gonna be looking at my facebook and she's she does and uh the cho the choctaw i've met a lot of choctaw people and uh they're just the coolest people i've ever met one of the some of the coolest people i've ever met some of the strongest anishinaabe people out there are the choctaw indians down in oklahoma and they're right on the border of, cho- of oklahoma and mississippi So the the border splits the tribe up. The spiritual people, I guess, live on the Mississippi side. And the Choctaw, the other people, they still speak their language. They still know some of the ways. But to get a Choctaw name, those people have to cross. The people in Oklahoma have to cross Mississippi. And they're usually enrolled in both tribes down there, Mississippi and Oklahoma. And so... I've asked him. He's asked me. He's asked me about Ojibwe names and Ojibwe ceremonies, and because the people in Oklahoma where he grew up, they don't practice uh, their ways, and so for him to get a Choctaw name, he has to go into Mississippi, and they don't allow any. They don't allow outsiders into the community unless if they're gonna be participating and living there. So you really have to be involved. Within the Mississippi Choctaw, I guess, to get your, a, a name, um, anything else, participate in their ceremonies, you have to be really involved in their community, from what I understand, and and maybe that's just him hearing, you know, hearsay, but he won't you won't know until you check it out. Yeah, so it's really interesting. It's really interesting learning about other tribes too. Because yeah. they have lacrosse down there, too, just like us, Ojibwe. But they play rough. Like, people are fighting. People <laughs> are getting checked. <laughs> uh, he's showing me talk to us stuff all the time. And so we're saying, we have this up here, too. We have lacrosse. We have um, ceremonies, just whatever they do. They, and then they have, they have a lot of different ceremonies down in Oklahoma, which I'm, I'm you know, if we get to check out anything else down there, it'd be awesome.
1: So you said that you had some acting no, <laughs> background?
0: I, I do not have any acting. Oh, maybe. Any
3: previous auditions, anything like that?
0: I've, so. I've auditioned before. For okay. The, um, you know, a lot of people have auditioned for that older than America up here.
1: Yeah, I remember when um, that movie came here.
0: But, you know, I started thinking about it. I was talking to my friend Heather yesterday before we went to the meeting. And it's kind of like you know Joel's done acting, Lisa's done acting you know when we're in active when we're active users when we're when we're not on the wagon uh we're pretending to be somebody else, we're not our authentic selves we learn how to uh we learn how to be somebody else with different groups of people so i'm thinking of it i'm using all the stuff that i've learned in in the meetings in my own recovery yeah and you know i already know how to be somebody else or i've done it for i've done it for a while
1: that's crazy i I guess i've never thought of it that way
3: either that that's exactly what i was thinking of the other day like like um i'm pretty good at acting pretty much anything you know like i'm good at acting you know, uh, boozy if I have to. I'm good at good at acting, you know, like... Uh,
2: Let's see it. You're
3: all boozy. Okay! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, like, and, and yeah, you know, like, I look at that as, all, all, you know, like, I always had a mask on. I always had to put a, uh, a front on for somebody to, to get what I needed out of life, you know, and it feels good to be able to go into something and get to be my authentic self and get to be who I am and who I represent you know like you know and I represent you know like the natives up here that's you know that's uh where my lingo comes from that's where my language comes from that's where my personality comes from and you know like it, and that's a big thing you know like uh, like Charlie was just saying you know like you know you got to shoot your shot you know like um got to shoot your shot to see if it's going to get you anywhere you know and uh, i know it's a a big trip and maybe you know like um it's time time consuming and but but it's like i'm i'm ready you know i'm ready and, and whether whether something happens or not it's like it's about having fun true and it's about seeing somewhere new and meeting new people and you know and i think me and charlie are pretty good at that you know we're pretty good at getting out there and meeting new people and um seeing new things and and understanding everyone just the way they are you know and that's you know that's the beauty of recovery you know is just uh, having a different eye for the way you see things and uh making possibilities possible you know and that's what i look at it like so yeah this is just another tool that i get to add to my toolbox you know, is, um, going out of my way to get something I want, you know, because I I do want it, you know, and I, you know, I've never dreamed that I'd even have an opportunity, and here it is right in front of me, you know, and it came fast, you know, Charlie uh, just made his move and shot his shot, and (laughs) and it's like I'm rolling with you, (laughs) you know, so that's the way it works, you know, and um, that's awesome to have people who believe in me, you know, and believe in us, believe in our recovery and, um wanna see good things happen for us, you know, and that's that's the beautiful thing about friends and friendships and relationships.
0: And if I can add and get somebody else in the conversation here, I do learn this from person sitting right next to me because she'll show up on a dime. Just one second, Joel's like, I'm gonna be at this meeting and I'm like all right is lisa gonna be here just ask him flat out like is lisa is lisa coming or he'll or he'll let me know lisa lisa wants to come to the meeting tonight so she'll be here like i i learned how to be more spontaneous how to live in the moment from lisa because she's here some days and then when i'm least expecting it we could be like when Joel tried to hanging in with me working out. And tried. Yeah. For a for a week. Yeah. For a week. Well, we and then our schedules just haven't matched up, but just hearing him um, talk about him and Lisa doing things together and you know, it's all the spur of the moment stuff. So I'm like, man, I'm just gonna do this. And I've learned it from Lisa just being here back and forth, rolling in. And it's pretty amazing. She lives in the moment.
4: It's the only way to live. You have to live um, life as if tomorrow won't be, and no regrets. Um, So I'm pretty proud of these guys. They're going down there. Um, They invited me, um, but I can't get off of work, so I'm supporting them financially.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Signing the stipend?
2: I don't know if I could ever do that just be spontaneous I don't know for me I always have to have a plan there has to be like steps on what we're doing for the day you're you're kind of like that though too I am but there
1: is a part of me who who wants to be spontaneous and just go with the flow that's how my sister is my sister and her friend this past summer they just got in their car and they just went no plan, no nothing. I'm like, but how, what about hotels? What about this? What about this? She's like, whatever. We'll Some, make it up
2: as we go. Yeah. That's, that's insane to me. Like I, I could not.
3: I, I love that. that. That's, you know, especially if you have the time. Yeah. And you, ha- you know, like you have the financial capabilities, you have, you know, the, the whereabouts at least, you know, where you want to go and you know, and you have friends that have your back. You know, I think that's, you know, like that helps that you know like um, that motive I guess you know just to be spontaneous and to just jump and do it you know yeah. and, and that's what me and Lisa have always done you know like since I've met her you know like let's go to Valley Fair you know like and, and you know I met you know when I first met Lisa we were I was, I was really really young um, I don't know 14 or 15 and,
4: 27 years ago yeah 27
3: <laughs> years ago And, you know, like, and that's, you know, I never thought I'd see myself sitting right here next to her today, you know. I mean, it was never like that, you know. And and, um, everything just happened the way it did. And, you know, we got to connect on a whole different level and um, enjoy doing things, fun things together, you know, things that I never imagined I'd do. And so, yeah, she has taught me to be a, a lot more spontaneous, a lot more active, I should say proactive, you know, like just jump and do it. You, you know, you have, you know, you have the means of doing it. You have a way of doing it. Get it done, you know. And and I don't know. No, we just eat out a lot, and, I, <laughs> and I catch work a, out I, a lot. I, yeah, and I catch a lot of backlash for that, you know. What do you, What do you say?
4: I'm well loved. <laughs> <laughs> But um, because recovery is because of this possible like the old me like I was very planned. Everything had to be within reason, and everything had to be ordered and hotel and paid for. Now I don't. I don't live like that. I live very spontaneous and in the moment. And with losing people to addiction, I think that's made me really live in the moment and no regrets. Live every day as it's your last. Yeah.
1: Do you, do you want to
4: introduce yourself a little bit for the, for the people who are watching? Sure. Um, my name's Lisa Whitebird. I'm from Bad River. Um, four years in recovery. I work for my tribe. Um, we got a new program called Bad River Harm Reduction. Um, and then I serve at a fine dining restaurant. Speaking of acting, you really have to act when you're a server. <laughs>
2: got to get those tips. Yeah.
4: That, yeah. <laughs> and I, <have laughs> I got three kids. Um, I'm a single mom. Both my parents are gone. My dad was the late chief Chuck Whitebird from Bad River. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I dance and go to ceremonies and just trying to find myself back on this red road. Warriors in recovery.
2: Yeah, I seen you over at the uh the Fond du Lac powwow, was it like a month ago or something? Trying to teach Joel how to jingle dress dance. <laughs>
4: <laughs> my son was trying to teach Joel how to jingle dress. <laughs> and Joel was trying to teach my son how to sing, so it's balance.
1: Speaking of powwows, did you guys see the powwow coming up in April? April eighth. Uh, yeah, at UMD. Wow.
3: I I miss the old powwows, you know, like, that they used to have in Duluth. And um, it's nice to see them coming back after um, COVID took a break, I guess, you know, like, and that's another thing, you know, like, the get-togethers are actually, we're getting together now, you know, and we're able to get together and we're able to... um, get together as groups again. So it's like, you know, I I really see, like, um, the powwows thriving, especially the round dances and, you know, like all these different postings of all these different gatherings all across Indian country, you know, and that's, um, it's coming back, you know, and behind that, I think, is, like, a lot of teachings.
0: For sure. Do you remember where the, do you remember the Vets' powwow, where it was at the tribal center? You, do you remember that?
1: I don't. How
0: old are you? <laughs> old enough. <laughs>
2: old enough.
1: <laughs> You're <laughs> like
0: 32.
1: 32,
0: yeah. Yeah, you probably, you might have been there. So the, the Vets Pawwau where, where that first started, I do believe, yeah, yeah, the Vets powwow had to have been there. Uh, You know, the tribal center, the mm-hmm. Fauna Lac tribal center, that row of pine trees used to always be there that that's right in front of the museum there. Mm-hmm. used to run straight down that Big Lake Road. And then there was a drive-in right there. That was all field. And people, we used to do, I think we did the first three, four vets was there. I don't know how many they did, but I do remember going as a kid, going to that vets powwow, and it was back where they, the arbor and stuff was, was, is right where the tribal center is. So you'd walk straight back to that field everybody parked by the head start where the where the head start parking is Mm -hmm. that used to just be parking for that powwow and then you just walk straight back and then they'd have all the stands and stuff around Yeah, they only did there for like two three years before they moved it to mash
1: are they are they moving it again that's i heard rumors that they're going to be moving (sighs) it again i don't know if it's true or not but i didn't know if you knew
0: do you know you don't know i don't know
1: Mm.
0: some days I some days I want the powwow grounds at the the cultural center the cultural center yeah and some days I do see the point like I do see what everybody you know what some people say that you know we're gonna make it spend two three million dollars on some powwow grounds that we're gonna use two times a year and then I have to challenge people like what else can we use the powwow grounds for and so I try to create that conversation. It doesn't just have to be powwow grounds. What else can we use it for? So we'll find if that's what the reservation, that's what people really want to do. That, you know, as long as it's under under the reservation, uh, I just have to ca- challenge people, well, what can we use it for? It doesn't have to be just powwow grounds. Yeah. It could be... Where people ride horses it could be where people learn how to shoot bows it could be a uh, stickball field oh that be a good the idea. Season. you know during the summer or during the winter you know we play stickball in the winter too so i just think there's multiple uses and people just have to really have a good idea of what what we could actually use power grounds for more so than saying it's a bad idea I think what what else can we use it for? Yeah, at this point, what about like sweat lodges stuff? Doing that over? Yeah, they do, so they have a sweat lodge behind the cultural center, and if you go on the Fond community page, that's a col- that's the community health side, through the through the clinic, and they and then they'll post the post the schedule for the we- for the sweats on our website fdlres.com. And if you look at the announcements you'll see the schedules for the month. But yeah, they're doing they're doing a lot of good stuff over there. I mean, a lot of people are reaching out for help and and you know, they don't really turn away anybody. Uh, and there, you know, people don't get turned away for a ceremony. You know, unless if it's unless if it's pushing some really hard boundaries. Suppose you could get removed from a ceremony. But you you know, most of the time, people are looking for help, so yeah. nobody's really getting kicked out of any ceremonies that I I I, I ever heard of. Do Maybe, you do you ever run sweats? Nope, I I don't run any sweats, and you know what? I try not to. Um, you know, in my own recovery, when I when I looked, learned how to do the funerals, I got burnt out from them. That old man, a Mick, for a long time a couple of years, and wherever he was going, I would be there. Yeah, especially on Fond du Lac And he always wanted me to go down to Malax. And so I started going out in Malax after he passed away. I started hanging out with Obazan and checking out what they do in Malax and Lake Lena. And I haven't been to East Lake yet. East Lake's a little bit different. I've seen funerals in East Lake, but I'm not sure how they do their their ceremony. But so. I've been, I've been pretty careful about not to, uh, you know, extending myself too much because once you, once you accept, I don't know, once I sobered up, I wanted to learn everything and I want, I felt like I could do everything. And it's probably because I was, you know, 19 and between 19 and 25, I could do whatever. And I was, didn't have any kids. I went to ceremonies, went to sweats, you know, I even at one time would go, go into the sweat and uh, do the fire keeping at the same time. And I tried that a couple of years ago and I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not 20 anymore. <laughs> this is hard work. This yes. is it's hard work. And so I try not to ex- extend myself too much. It's a personal thing. It's, yeah. it's, trying to keep myself sane and then you know at the same time not be afraid to learn and not be afraid to say no so what I what I've done now or recently is you know it's hard it's really hard to somebody asked me for help somebody asked me to do service somewhere you know I've traveled to White Earth just got asked to go to Red Lake and I said no and went up to Net Lake before Done two funerals up there, and sometimes I just have to say no. You know, I got four kids now, and I have a job that you know of. Yeah, that <laughs> that I know of. Yeah, there you go. The, the good joke that I know of. Yeah, but you know, you never know. Maybe some, some one one kid comes out of the woodwork somewhere, maybe in Oklahoma no but seriously um i try not to extend myself too much and and learn how to say no and some people might ask like hey you want to learn how to run a sweat no not right now i want to do that right now and then even even anything with ceremonies anything to do ceremonially i really do consider can i take this on mm-hmm. And on top of, on top of everything else, on top of everything else, or what has to give for me to learn something else, to do it. So, um, there's a really give and take, and then, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, I have a, I've been on, you know, been able to tell people no, and it's one of the, it's a uh, something new that I've learned in my life, is how to tell people no and stand by what I. You know, stand by that. Mental health and emotional health, spiritual health, physical health, sometimes takes precedence over, you know, Other trying people's to needs or. <laughs> and then I just know being a part of the being part of the ceremonial community, I can give somebody their somebody else's number here. Ask them if it's over and least Like I mean, I've said no to people at least like two, and then I don't like stepping on people's toes too because if somebody asked me to go up to Red Lake I'm like man why didn't you ask so and so they're always doing it up there and but I understand like even doing funerals and being one of the people in Fond like to do them you know yesterday I got to go to my cousin's funeral and I got to show up late at 11 o'clock still offer my tobacco and sit down and participate and not have any expectations of of making sure everything was taken care of so you know that's nice too i appreciate that not having to run it yeah and not having to like wait for people to get done eating not have to wait for people to get done offering their tobacco or finish smoking or whatever you know and then and then not worrying because it's a it's stressful. No matter what ceremony you do, I think it's stressful. There's a little bit of stress with every ceremony. It could be a sweat. It could be a naming ceremony. I think it's just you know ceremonies. Majority of it's in the good intentions. What I liked uh, there's a there's a good there, maybe you guys can get him on here. Um, this guy from White Earth, well known. Ojibwe person from white earth and you know he explained to me what Tommy Benjamin or no Tommy uh, still the deceased said like it's ceremonies are 96 percent good intention three percent being able to talk Ojibwe and one percent being able to listen and they kind of changed my thought about what, what ceremonies really are When he said that. So it's majority of it's good intention. But then there's a stress of making sure, you know, the elders stressed to me a long time ago that, and they still stress to me. You have to know the language when you're doing the ceremony because you don't want to mess anything up. And when I first learned how to do the funeral, a Mick had shared with me, he said, if you ever get somebody lost on the trail... At the end of your life, you have to grab them along the way. Oh, and really? Bring them with you. You'll find them on wow. the trail waiting because they won't know what to do. And so I asked Obizan about that, and Obizan kind of started chuckling, and he said, "I think he was just messing with you." <laughs> so for a long time, for like five years, for five six years, I thought about that, and I always. Worried that's why about you're that. so stressed. <laughs> for five six years, I thought about Jeez. that, and that's what. Man, maybe that's what uh, Mick really believes because that's what he told me. That's how serious to take it. Yeah. So I always, I always try to do it better than I did before. And I still get nervous doing ceremonies. If it could be talking for, it could be just opening up the uh, tribal council meeting. It could be opening up uh, the state of the band or any event down at Black Bear. It could be talking for a smudge walk. I, re- I there's a little bit of nervousness to not, um, you know, I get in my head in with o, with Ojibwe, and then, because I'm a second language speaker now, and I'm proud to say that, but then I, do am I going to say too much? Do I ask for too much for people? Do I put too much on people? And then do I not say enough? So I'm trying to find the balance of how much do you ask for and how much you don't ask for right now in my life my journey right now where I'm at with ceremonies asking for things using my own using my tobacco talking for somebody else's tobacco I I consciously think about how much am I asking for people in their lives so I and I get stressed out there's a little bit stress to it but then when I get done I feel pretty good no matter what you know it's all all good intention I was always told that even if
2: you didn't know how to speak Ojibwe, like you wanted to do a ceremony or something that, or like even if you're just praying, that you can speak English and the spirits know what you mean. But, I mean, that goes to the differences of, like, teachings from different elders,
0: too. It's kind of as if they were being nice to you. Yeah. (laughs) If you didn't know Ojibwe, because I know Ojibwe and so— you know, even hearing the teachings in the language, you know, when when we start talking Ojibwe to each other, we might be in a group of people, and we might just, if if an elder wants to say something about somebody, or if his elder wants to say, hey, this is what they what they really mean, or this is what this is what you should consider, or, you know, just to have a conversation in Ojibwe, you know, a kind of secret conversation. So we we drop right into Ojibwe. I do it with my friends all the time. We could be rolling somewhere and. If we're the only ones that know Ojibwe, don't you know, start talking in Ojibwe. And if we're talking about if we don't want people to know what we're doing at work or at work, the party hear this now. Or if we you know, if we're do whatever we're doing. <laughs> if we're being obnoxious or mischievous or even just to make sure that, you know, just to speak Ojibwe just because we know how to speak Ojibwe. We know a little bit of the language to be able to converse in the language. You know, we'll do that, you know. And speaking Ojibwe, just for the sake of speaking Ojibwe sometimes. But with the elders, you know, what you said about the English. With the elders, what they said about English, they never told me that. They said, you know what, you need to know Ojibwe. Even uh, Mick, he was pretty strict. So you have to know Ojibwe to do the funeral. There's no way around it. For you to go in the sweat lodge, you should know you. You. When I first started learning Ojibwe, especially when I moved to Minneapolis, I knew I was going to Malax eventually. So that's they had like 80 speakers at the time, 80, 95 speakers at the time. So I knew I was going to Malax, and my professor and one of my good friends. Brendan Kishketon—he just changed his name. Um, Brendan would tell me that you know the first ride up to Malax—I can still remember—we're going to Malax, and we're going to and we're gonna be working with Elfrida Sam at the time, Marge Anderson, and Dorothy Sam. And there might have been one or two more elders up there. Dorothy Sam is no longer here. Marge Anderson is no longer here. Elfrida Sam Okadok is still kicking it down there in Malax. Spicier than ever. (laughs) And, but it was my first time that I got to work with speakers and ask them questions. But I know on the ride up, he said, you know what? The elders are still pretty strict up here. And I'm like, looking at him, and maybe I'm going to misquote this story. And he's going to, if he happens to listen to this, he'll call me up and say, I never said that. But no, I do remember him telling me specifically. If you go in the, they they'll tell you if you go in a sweat. No one should go in a sweat if they don't know Ojibwe. That's kind of how hardcore it was at the time. I was 19 years old. And this was no 19, 20, 21, somewhere there. That was 14 years ago, now, 15 years ago. And and then I got the tail end of it. It was it was it was a time where the elders were accepting that people, you know, kind of accepting that people. Maybe, maybe our language isn't. No one wants to really learn our language. So out of survival, maybe out of survival, that's how you heard that. You know, do the, you know, if you don't know Ojibwe, use them as much as you can. Yeah. And, but when I was getting into it, the elders had the strict teachings. You have to know Ojibwe. Even a Mi'kwin, and he took me under his apprenticeship, maybe seven years ago eight years ago he was pretty strict he said you have to know boy, you have to know exactly what you're saying during the ceremony and uh, then he told me if you get somebody lost you're gonna have to find them <laughs> and I'm like dang that's
2: a lot of that makes me not want to do funerals
0: yeah like, pressure, <laughs> pressure
2: a lot of
3: pressure under that you know like that just telling you that but I suppose that encouraged you to do you know like to learn more too and to uh, have a better understanding of the language. Maybe that was his way of motivating you too, you know, to like learn more or, you know, like understand better.
0: So when I started learning ceremonies, when I started learning the way the, way the elders speak, especially during ceremony, it's kind of about there's the ritual and then there's the speeches. And the speeches... Kind of roll generally the same, and once you kind of, once you figure out, you know, this is what they're going to talk about, and then this is what they're going to talk about. It changes my it changed my entire perspective of ceremonies, because I was a when I sobered up, I didn't feel like I was Indian. I didn't know who I was. I I, I was born brown and and I was born enrolled in a reservation, and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, didn't have any concept. And ceremony, I always thought ceremony was more than powwows, but then I, didn't, I was too afraid to do any of that stuff. So when I started rolling in ceremonies, I kind of just didn't really even understand it. You know, I started talking Ojibwe, and even though learning different prayers I kind of still knew, like, everything that was written down at the time, serenity prayer or a morning prayer or whatever you would see on Facebook in the early days before it became Facebook today. You know, I kind of just, that can't be ceremony either. It's not really ceremony. But then I learned that, you know, some people have their own ceremonies and people do it their own way. But then you go into our ceremonies, like, down in Mille Lacs, there's protocol to all of mm-hmm. that stuff and there's a way to do it and people are really proud of that they've maintained that they maintain that um way of life and I'm proud to say that you know those elders down in Mille Lacs, they kind of like welcome me into their communities and taught me how to do ceremonies and and there's the way we do our ceremonies down in Mille Lacs, There's a protocol. There's a way to do them, and we don't really change much. And they don't really change much. Sometimes I'll, you know, I'll say we, being a part of the commu- being a part of the community down there, but then it's they because I'm at the same time I'm just a visitor that got to hang out with the elders and got to listen and got scolded by them and. <laughs> and um, not be afraid of getting scolded by them. I think the, the one thing that I took away from learning ceremony and learning how to, and that's kind of like acting. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I didn't even, learning how to do funeral, learning going to our ceremonies in Mille Lacs, going to drum ceremony. <laughs> it's, sometimes it, I rem, I'll remember, I didn't know crap when I was 19 but now I'm here and I get to listen I understand what's going on and so that's where when I roll with new people or when I try to teach people I I always remember that you know I might have knew two or three words when I sobered up and that's the possibility of you know adapting that way of life and it was through this seriously seriously um, Dan Jones had taught me how to do this one prayer, and all I asked for every single morning for three, four, five, six, seven, eight months at a time, almost every single morning, I would go put my tobacco out because I didn't know how to, I didn't know what else to pray for. The only thing I knew was like what was written down and and so I was always asking the spirits to help me speak Ojibwe, and you know. It's really just the tobacco. I never forget that. I never forget why I, I'm able to speak Ojibwe and why things happen the way they happen. It's full belief that um, something bigger than myself put a bunch of language in my life and in, in, and myself. I wanted that for myself. I wanted. I couldn't just forever say, "Hey, help me speak Ojibwe." That would be boring. There's like, how do I say help? joel out with his recovery how do i say help lisa out with raising her kids how do i say help you guys you know maintain being happy like there's so many different things you know as learning gratitude and learning how to be grateful i just learned how to do you want to learn how to say more and more things i should learn how to say like help me have more babies or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> That's no, I, was, I, was just, I was just thinking about
3: Ricky and Alyssa that question you just asked them. <laughs> How to help them?
0: <laughs> oh. You know, um, I have four kids. Yep, and a pro, and the first person I talked to when uh, I was sing- newly single again four months ago, five months ago now. elderly woman i work with her every single day and then my good friend lee they both said you know i'm like i'm thinking of getting fixed i don't know if i can have any more kids and and the elders will will say you know it's you shouldn't do that it's however many kids that you're blessed with I don't know. I still think about it. I know people go against that teaching all the time, but it's it's a for real teaching. People, the elders really be, believe that. You know, it's however many kids you end up with, yeah. and that you shouldn't get fixed. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know. But for real, well, it's a hard. I'm thing. still
3: trying. You know, even though I I know it ain't possible, but I'm still trying. <laughs>
0: I think one's good enough for me. I'm going to plead the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) I have one, yeah. Do you have any?
1: Just with him. Well, not. Oh, just him. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) (laughs) my child. (laughs) Um, Oh, Miles, I now consider to be my son, which I met him when he was five, and he just turned 13. I
0: was 14 when he was born. You were 14? Yeah. Dang! I turn, see the Lacs people, man. You, I'm not from Lacs, <laughs> though. <Yeah>. Are you? <laughs> I just grew up there. Sisseton, right? Sisseton, yeah. Yeah, you. Uh, that's all you. Sis.
2: I hear you. I turned 15 two weeks after he was born. But first time didn't turn out too good for you, did it? Uh, <laughs>
3: he's, no, he's like that wasn't the first time. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. no, it was like I my. Did
2: my first girlfriend i ended up knocking her up but i don't know i mean i feel like planting the seed we call it. not knocking <laughs> oh. her up planting the seed <laughs> i feel like it's been a be- it's been a good thing just cuz it's like kept my head down and more focused on me and made me grow up faster i guess so i like wasn't running around with all the res kids and getting into trouble and
0: just stuck at home because i had a kid
1: yeah more <laughs> responsibilities there yeah. you go
0: what's it like down there then dude is that like a normal thing or is that not a normal thing or in, once in a while in Malax? no assistant i don't know i never grew up there or you didn't grow up in Sisseton? no um when i had my kid
2: i was living in anoka oh okay yeah so sneaking around in anoka Sneaking around was <laughs>
0: Yeah. Exactly I, like heard, I can feel it. <laughs> you started young too, right?
3: Um, I had my first one at nineteen. That's young. That is young. Yes, it is. He's um twenty five this year.
2: God damn, how old are you? <laughs> nineteen. <laughs> No,
3: I'm, I'm going to be 44 this year. Holy. Yeah. Pretty good-looking 44-year-old, huh? Uh, almost an L there. I at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I started at 28. I'm just glad I, I waited. Yeah. But then, you know, I sobered up at 19, so I was still growing up, still responsibility, still understanding, you know, got to do – Whatever I'm gonna do to live a good life, yeah. And that was college, and so when college took precedent, it was like it was like having a kid, being responsible, flunking once in a while. So you never, you didn't
3: have a girlfriend until you were 28. <laughs>
0: <Correct>. Right? <laughs> <Correct>. No, <laughs> no. I, um, I'm just, you know, whatever.
4: Whatever happens, happens.
0: Whatever happened, happened. That's
2: awesome.
4: That explains it all.
2: Yeah. See, I'm like, I'm kind of happy I started young, because I'll be 32 when he's 18 years old. Yeah. You know, I'll be, he'll be off doing his own thing, and I'll still, I'll still be young. No offense, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> None taken. Yeah, gra- you're gonna be a
3: you're gonna be a grandpa at like <laughs> if he follows my footsteps, 28. Be, yeah. <laughs> you know, I did
2: the math on that one. That's next year. <laughs> uh, I'll just say,
3: don't don't ever call me grandpa. Call me uncle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's scary to think about, though. Like ha- having Miles have a child next year—that that blows my mind. That yeah, it's crazy. Just, you know,
3: like following uh, the footsteps don't of his it, poppy. It. <laughs> he's,
1: he's trying to teach him that's not following his that's footsteps, that's and
3: yeah, that's good. Those are, are
4: in general, like.
3: Generational <laughs> trauma. Yeah, that's what it is too. You know, um, communication. I think is is like how how our kids are gonna understand to yeah. live a better life. That's, you know, like that's a huge thing. Like you that's know? what I always
2: in, encourage too. Is like if even if you think you're gonna be in trouble for it, just come talk to me.
3: Yep, and that's what I explain to my daughter. This anything. Mm-hmm tell me you know tell me whatever and that's a that's a good practice to have you know because i don't think i had like that when i was growing up you know i think i was scared to tell the truth you know i was in trouble yeah i was like oh
0: you know for for the emotions to talk about the emotions and sometimes you know for me this is just for me and for the I can openly express my emotions. I can even let people mess with my emotions, like if, or my perspective. Maybe not the feelings. Feelings can change. I can understand that. Feelings can change for me. My perspective, wide open. If somebody wants to convince me to vote a certain way, tell me all about it. I'll listen. Uh, maybe I won't listen all the way. I won't listen. Like, maybe my mind's already made up. But if you give me a good argument, I'll listen to it. I'll let people mess with the way I feel about a subject, my perspective. And I feel like people can, that's where people can help me grow. But when I make a decision, I stick by that decision. I don't, and not everybody's like that. I've I go to therapy, I ask my therapist this. I'm like, man, some people need help making decisions and I don't like that because for me, if I make a decision, I'm not blaming anybody for it backfiring. If it's if something's going to backfire, it's going to be on me. If I made a decision and it was a poor decision and it didn't work out, then that's on me. And then I ask my therapist about it. I'm like, that's how how it usually goes for everybody. She's like, know a lot of people out there need help making decisions that's where you can influence people's minds is helping them make a decision i'm like man that's so backwards i just don't get it I, And it's hard it's hard thinking about it because i've never thought about life like that i have never handled life like that so you know change my feelings and then learning like people said people have told me especially this year learning how to openly communicate my feelings how i feel about a subject hey those are my feelings don't try changing them this is how i feel about the subject i'm like oh you know you feel like i wronged you and this is or i you feel like this is right and it's not or whatever Mm -hmm. i like whatever maybe my perspective is different than theirs but trying to understand that a lot, a lot of people don't like their feelings messed around with like it's their feelings can't change them i get that too i'm starting to understand that it's still kind of backwards for me i operate completely backwards from from that mindset you
3: you remain very calm you know and like you you've really taught me that like just to remain calm no matter what and even you know like lisa said she sees that like She's like, you're always just so calm about everything. She was like, like even, um, like in situations where she probably would get kind of frustrated or mad. She was just like, and you're always just calm about it. And, you know, like, and and that's something I, you know, like I learned that, you know, like not to just fire off and, and, you know, like put it, put it into a, a negative situation. You know, it's just like. Just let it be just the way it is. That's the way it's supposed to be, you know. And when I can live my life like that on a daily, you know, and even sometimes by the moment or by the conversation or just by the feelings, you know, like when I can do that regularly, just, you know, like life seems to be a lot smoother when I don't give people a reaction because that's the worst thing to do is, you know, like, let somebody uh, that's trying to play with your emotions or trying to play with your feelings give them the reaction that they're trying to yeah. get. You know, I mean, you could be, really be feeding their, you know, feeding their fire, you know, and, and, and you know, like, in recovery taught me that, you know, like, kind of recovery, just not everything needs a reaction. And, you know, Charlie, like, the way he is, he's always, you know, pretty calm and cool and collective, and, you know, so it, it's like... In, Lisa too, you know, like she just lets a lot of things just be. So it's like you know, these being around these two has been um, a big change in how I see and do things and my perspective, even you know, on life and how it should be.
4: And I think people's timing in their in your life, like having Charlie come into my life. Charlie's my family, and. I don't think he would be in my life so much right now if Joel wasn't in recovery. And um, it's very eye-opening to hear him <laughs> talk and communicate and <laughs> learning from each other and growing and um, trying to be calm in situations. Um, yeah, I don't.
0: She's know. learning. She's learning. What about you, you guys? What about me? Feelings. <laughs> can somebody change your feelings she looks I, at him she <laughs> gives him a look, a look. <laughs> I, yes.
1: i'm one of those i am one of those people who it's hard for me to make a decision i need a lot of information about it and that goes back to being spontaneous i guess too like i i have to see if it like down the line is it going to work for me is that if if i say this or if my decision sways that way is is that going to be good for me? But then there's other times where I'm like, that's that's what it is. That's my decision. I'm sticking to it. But I think it's good to, like you said, educate yourself on people's points of view too. And if it sways my decision, then I don't know.
2: Somebody said it best. For like my personality, it's like um, like a be like water, just kind of go with the flow for everything. And oh, Bruce Leroy, that was Bruce Lee. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Bruce I don't know. Somebody, <laughs> somebody told it to me. Like you have a be like water mentality. I was like, kind of. Yeah, I go with the flow with a lot of things. And um, with people I don't know really well, I don't really give them a reaction out of like if they they're mad at me or if or trying to say something to make me mad, I usually, very rarely do I ever, like, give in to those those kind of people. Um, Kind of like what you were saying, Joel, you know, just some things don't need a reaction. Me growing up, so I was, I lost my mom at 15. I was forced to live with my grandparents, and my grandpa is an old Vietnam vet who, you know, he was had a mentality of like raising us with the military kind of structure. So that didn't really give me a lot of chances to process emotions. So it always came out in anger. And so I think learning a lot of lessons and going that way has helped me get kind of rein in my anger and my emotions and stuff like that. So I I kind of young dad. Yeah, I have to, I, I will admit I did mess up a lot. used to yell at him, used to be like the drill sergeant that, I kind of was grew up with, but I kind of realized that that's not how you get your kids to see you when they're older, (laughs) you know, it's, but I learned a lot from my uncle. He's, he's raised three of his own, four that aren't his. And I always call him and anytime I need parenting advice or if I don't know what to do. And, you know, he kind of tells me like the biggest lesson I learned from him is, you can't force them to be who you want them to be. Like they're their own little person. They're gonna grow up however they want, and that personality is not gonna be what you want it to be sometimes. And just gotta guide them.
3: Be like water.
2: Yep. You like water. Out.
3: That's yeah, yeah. That's that's a really good lesson right there. Like just be like water. Just adapt to how it is. And that's I believe that too. You know, I mean, like um, you know, there's a reason that we're all here right here right now you know because you know there's a lot of people before us that adapted you know like to the life as it was Yep. just in you know like that downflow, you know that that you know blessed us with our lives today you know and like a lot of you know like they had to adapt you know to get us here you know today so that's you know i'm i'm very honored when i think like that you know like and i'm grateful that you know that we do get a chance you know and to try to um, make a difference and difference and do things different today, you know, like for our children, you know. Like yep.
1: Well, I'm excited to hear your guys' how your trip goes and
2: and blog it. So we can yeah, see it on Facebook that's, too, that's what I want to do. Our Facebook you know, page.
3: Just on the road, you know, just blog a little bit. And yeah, go live just, if you need yep, to. BS, and I'll I'll try to do it live off the middle of the Res road page, you know, and
2: yeah. So make sure you check it out on Facebook. Maybe we'll stop don't by, by these biggest
3: roll of rubber bands. Oh. Is that is that what is that going through Oklahoma? That might be. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Maybe we'll stop by there and see <laughs> if you can climb up there.
0: <laughs> or maybe, you know, take a road you know, take a round trip all the way back. Hit a whole bunch of different spots trying to hit a couple. We're, different we're taking races, my car. Or? No, not <laughs>
2: we're taking
3: my car. So, Grand Canyon, we'll go all the way around. Grand Canyon, <laughs> Just, he's already got the in his mind. No changing his mind.
0: He made a decision. Go down towards the border. Oh,
3: they'll keep me. I know <laughs> he's, he's got a I job know. here. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be home teach. on Sunday. <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs>
2: Good luck on your guys' trip. Let us know how your auditions go. And
1: and don't forget about us when you're famous.
3: Oh,
2: oh
1: <laughs>
3: never. We'll still we'll put be, it out
1: in the universe right now.
3: We'll still be here every Tuesday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the next Adam Beaches right here. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank well. You we go will high, see you next week